Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and we love movies. Horror movies are the only genre of film where women appear and speak as often as men. If you think that is both very cool and very terrible, we agree and are here to talk about it. This week we're talking about the movies Babadook and Split, but first let's catch up. So, <laughs> what have you been watching slash consuming lately? In I don't have a very... Oh, okay, yes, I do have a good answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, watching-wise, I've really become obsessed, like most of the internet, with the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Have you watched um, any of these stuff? Yes, I have. That's actually why we ordered our, like, gold touch pan things. Well, Ian is more into it than me, but... Oh, I watched first all of Claire Saffitt's junk food videos. Have you seen any of those? Mm-mm, no. You have to watch them. She's like a fucking genius. Baking is so scientific, and she's just like a scientific genius. But basically, she just recreates um, junk food. Like, she makes her own Skittles, like gourmet Skittles, uh, Gushers. And she's so smart. It's just so much fun to watch her. And then I also got into this guy Brad's videos, and he's what's very his, funny. What's his, like... He does. He does a series called "It's Alive," where he does stuff with like fermentation. Like I feel like that Ian sounds right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, if you say fermentation, I, I think of you like you. That's weird, but thank you. I think anything weird, I'm like it's Bridget would like. Well, that. it's so interesting because it's all about like bacteria and like how if you just put some fucking shit in a jar, sometimes magic happens. Honestly, I have a kombucha growing, and it's been two years now. <laughs> And oh, I haven't God. looked at it. <laughs> you, you, it's probably fermented AF. No, it's pr- it's like mold now at this oh, point. Yuck. It's probably going to like crawl out soon. <laughs> That's not cute. It's, it's like a uh, it's like a baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, Scooby. Um, what have you been into? I recently watched the second season of Anne with an E on Netflix. Ooh. I love it so much. It's really? just it is so like heartwarming and just wholesome. It's so wholesome. Oh my god. I, I just, haven't watched the first season, but I love the original. Y- you should you should watch it. I think you would like it. I have a um I just love stuff about writers too. They make yeah. me it makes me like more present <laughs> in yeah. my own life because they're like describing the beautiful like trees and shit and I'm like maybe I should like look at trees. <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah. pretty good. Uh, that's awesome. I should watch that. I love that story. Yeah, it's so good. Oh. Have you kept up with any of the Little Women, New Little Women? Not no. the TV show, but the Greta Gerwig one? Uh, not, no, besides Timothy Sh- Tim- Timothee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like, some good casting. Yeah, Emma Stone is too old to be in it. Yes. And that's all I got to say about that? Yeah, I agree. Who is she you supposed too? to be? She's supposed to be, like, Meg or something, but she's too old. Yeah, I agree. She's too old. I feel like, um... Superbad was ten years ago, Emma Stone. Yeah. You're too old. (laughs) I feel like Saoirse Ronan and Uh Timothee Chalamet are, like, Uh the best They're like the new Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. We're just going to stick them in everything together. Yeah. Yeah. But they also just are good, like, for those roles. They're perfect, I think. Do you know who Mitch Hedberg was? No. He died. This is if this is a weird tangent, you should no. cut this out. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know who he was until an hour ago. But I watched a bunch of his clips on 
his stand-up clips. He was a comedian on YouTube. And I was like, wow, you know who should play Mitch Hedberg? This isn't going to make any sense if you don't know who he is. And again, I only know who he is from an hour ago. But I was like, wow, there should be, he died of an overdose. And I was like, wow, there should be a biopic about him. And Joe Keery should play him from Stranger Things, a.k.a. Steve. Okay. I was like, I don't know who that is either. I was like, I should be. I should be a casting director. You should. What was the other one that you got? That was so good. Timothy Chalamet is Paul in Dune. Yes. There was but another one too, though. Maybe. Like his mom or something. I don't oh, know. I, I think it should be Julianne Moore, but... Oh, my God, yes. That would be amazing. Yes. I, when, I, when that news came out, I Googled other people's casting predictions, and I got onto a Reddit where all of these boys were like trying to guess they were saying who their pick would be for lady jessica and it was like women that were 29 like they have no <laughs> i was gonna idea. say it's probably like megan fox <laughs> oh my god there was such a funny one that i couldn't stop laughing because she was so it was like fucking bryce dallas howard or something and i was, like, I was gonna say jessica chastain like yeah so not old enough to have timothy chalamet as a baby okay <laughs> unless it was like a child bride situation oh my god <sighs> okay. And then I, want, Ian said Chris Pratt should be what's his name? Uh, the Hark the H guy. Yeah, Harkonnen. I saw Ryan Gosling for him. But really? I like I like I like Chris Pratt though. Wait, isn't Harkonnen the bad guy? Yeah. Okay. No, Chris it definitely be should good, be Chris Pratt. Yeah, I feel Chris like Chris Pratt would be a good bad guy. Because like, he's like a Republican IRL. I know. That, I know. He's And like probably vote, voted for Trump and stuff. And now he's dating Pat, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Wait, what? Just, I'm, just, I'm just tying strings together. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So we can start talking about. I, we did it in reverse. We said Babadook and Split, but Split is first. Oh, well. That's fine. Cool. So we're first talking about the movie Split, which is from 2016 by M. Night Shyamalan, heralded by some to be a return to farm for the director. Split begins with the abduction of three teenage girls by a man named Kevin Wendell Crumb, who is revealed to have dissociative identity disorder. Kevin can present his 24 unique personalities, ranging from a nine-year-old boy to a sociopathic supernatural beast. Leading the three teenage girls is a character named Casey, who is shown through flashbacks to be a victim of childhood sexual abuse. Split follows Casey's struggle to escape Kevin's underground lair and his many selves. So, Mackenzie, <laughs> what did you think of Split? Let's just talk about, let's talk about M. Night Shyamalan. How about first? Okay. I Love hate him. him. <laughs> hate him? Okay. Hate him. I can never forgive him for The Last Airbender. Oh, true. That cuts deep and yeah. personal. Yes. Uh, I really loved The Village is probably like the first horror movie I got really into mm. as like a 12 year old, however old I was when that movie I've only came out. S- yeah, I've only seen the end of it. So <gasps> oh, you I know. watch it. It's good. It holds up, I think, really well, too. I know a lot of people Ian thought really it was really it. stupid and silly, but Ian loves it. Wow. Yeah. So does, yeah, it's good. And I also really liked Signs. Have you seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. And I and like Unbreakable, Unbreakable, too. I loved Unbreakable. I just watched that this weekend for this episode, and I oh, was cool. surprised, and I really loved mine. It was good. My, I think it's, like, one of the best superhero movies ever. Yeah. It's so Bruce Willis is a really good actor, too. Like, yeah. Doesn't get enough cred. Yeah, yeah. For acting his little butt off. He's, especially because I don't think he's, like, 
conventionally attractive. No, he not at all. Yeah. So it's, it's like interesting that, that he's like one of the people that I think of when I think of like action stars or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you seen the TV show Catastrophe? No. There's there's a joke on it about how if bald men are just like fuck yeah I'm bald we may have talked about this already no, that we like they become sexier to women because they yeah are because men cause then like, you know cares? what they do is they yeah. ha- take care of themselves in other ways that non bald men That's don't Stanley do Tucci. yeah they just Another like they bald. groom themselves they get ripped yeah it's so true they're like I cannot have hair. <laughs> On my head. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. So, M. Night Shyamalan, pretty uneven filmography. Yeah, sure. Kind of has become a joke. Um, yeah. And known for his twisty endings and kind of mm-hmm. like a one-trick pony. He has a habit of inserting himself into his movies. He was in mm-hmm. Split briefly, but I think the worst example of this is Lady in the Water. Did you God. see that? Yes. So bad. So bad. So bad. And like a cool premise, but. Yes. Yeah. It had potential to be like cool. Like, I mean, who doesn't love a mermaid, you know? But. I fucking love a mermaid. They. He fucked it up. Paul Giamatti is not a power bald, but he is a nice actor. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Uh, Um. Big fat liar. Classic. Uh, I feel like he played Thomas. No, he didn't play Thomas Jefferson. Mm, maybe he did. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, <sighs> okay. So what did you think of Split? I really like it. And I'm embarrassed. Don't be, don't like be embarrassed. I just, I mean, I know I have definitely have like critiques of it for sure. And mm-hmm. I know it's not like, yeah, I, it's definitely like fucked up. But I yeah. do, I do enjoy it. Like I have a good time when I'm watching it. So it's I don't very know what that says about me. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. It's like super entertaining and like interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like uh, I have not done any research into this specifically, but I can imagine M. Night Shyamalan just like reading about dissociative identity disorder, which is a real thing, and being like, I bet I could make that pretty fucked up, and like well, uh, to make a terrible example of a real world. And I mean, DID is something that has been used in a lot of horror movies, and it's always to it. It always paints it in a bad light, and I think that a lot of DID people aren't actually violent. In fact, I think a lot of them, their alters are uh, children, because that's the reason that. I read a book about DID once. Oh, cool. <laughs> so in high school, I read this book about DID called um, First Person Plural, My Life as Ooh. a Multiple. And it was about this guy who um, he had, uh, late in life, he discovered he had DID, which I think is pretty common because from the book and from what I've heard my mom say, my mom's a psychotherapist, like you when you go through trauma part of your you can like fracture off memories Mm -hmm. and it's a way of coping with that trauma um so if you're abused as a child and you like split that part that memory off it makes sense that it would come back as Mm -hmm. like a child personality Yeah. yeah um and they kind of try to 
work some real psychology into the movie mm-hmm. through the character of Dr. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of found all of those scenes very clunky. Mm-hmm. Any scene with his therapist, because it seemed like we're going to jam a bunch of exposition in here mm-hmm. um, just for the sake of the audience understanding what's up. Yeah. Um, and she was kind of like, Kevin was abused. Uh, she explains that kind of similar to what you just said about um, the... She says that the different personalities are to protect, like, the child in him that was abused. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I I thought that she was a very bad therapist. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't call. Like, I don't know, so I've lost so many patients to the system, even though I'm pretty sure you've kidnapped some girls. Like, Yeah, I, I agree. She, like, was definitely too... I feel like when she said... Um, that her she gave up a traditional family for, oh, because her yeah. clients were her family i was like oh girl no i was like get your own therapy <laughs> yeah that is not cool your clients are not your family yeah lady um what did you think of james mcavoy's performance in this movie i thought it was pretty cringy and you know i yes. was talking about it with ian and he was oh. like there comes a point where you have to decide if you're going to accept it as, like, a thing that you could kind of, like, laugh at and just be like, this is fine, whatever. Or you're just yeah. like, it's cringy, I can't do this. <laughs> it, yeah, like, I, uh, I feel like a rationale for it almost would be, like, since it's the same person, like, and they're not actually different people yeah that's why it's bad yeah <laughs> it's one guy doing like it kind of the internal logic works there. right yeah but i remember before i saw this movie seeing a tweet about it i don't remember who tweeted it but they were like split is basically just like james mcavoy's acting reel that you yeah. for an audition <laughs> and that's why it's so embarrassing to watch it seemed very <laughs> like, like high school stuff I don't know. Yeah, like like uh I'm a I'm a kid now. Now I'm a lady. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. Like uh yeah. I like him as an actor though. I don't think he I don't know. Does James McAvoy have the range? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um he's pretty good as um Dr. X. Oh, Dr. Yeah. X, Dr. Xavier. Yeah. Xavier. I think you could say Dr. X, right? Sure. I, think that's the thing. <laughs> I, um, I thought that was kind of cringy and other stuff I thought was cringy about the movie um, was that it basically put forward this idea that, so the three girls are abducted by this character, Kevin Wendell Crumb, Crumb who has 24 different personalities and uh, it's Casey, who's the main character, and she's played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor? Anya Taylor-Joy, who we know from The Witch and who yeah. we love. <laughs> we love. She's great. She's really, really great. Yeah. Um, and two other girls, one of which I recognize from the movie. The Edge of Seventeen. called? The Edge of Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Which we have to talk about sometimes. Yeah. We talked about it last episode, but I fucking love that movie. <laughs> anyway, she's great. Uh, so it's Anya Taylor-Joy and two other girls who, and like Anya is the outcast. Her character's name is Casey. Casey is the outcast and um, we're shown flashbacks in which she is uh, presumably molested by her uncle, who is now her guardian. 
And this idea is put forth by characters in the movie that people who experience childhood trauma and other forms of harm are, like, pure. Like, the doctor at one point says, like, we think they're less than us, but they're actually more than us. And I think that's kind of... I don't think M. Night Shyamalan had bad intentions putting thoughts like that into a film, but you can clearly see how that would be very harmful for someone to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what he thought was happening was like, oh, look, like they, like if you've been abused, like it's okay, like you can, you're strong, like conquer it and you're stronger for it. But that's the problem. It's like, it's not a good thing that you should be thankful for. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I don't. I have no experience with abuse, but yeah, it it just is. It just was like really half baked. Like, mm-hmm. and I guess we'll talk about this a bit more when we get to Babadook. Mm-hmm. I feel like the through line between abuse and like internal power and strength, or like having something in your background that makes you stronger, mm-hmm. would have been more effective in the movie if it was kind of more subtle and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Like in that Babadook is basically a metaphor for grief or depression makes it work rather than it being like on a very literal level. And this mm-hmm. was like very literal to mm-hmm. me. I, I think it could have been more subtle, less obvious what mm-hmm. the connection was. And I think then it would have been very powerful. Yeah. I think the way that the therapist like like you said, was, like, did a lot of, like, over, like, exposition, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I think that might have been to tie it into Unbreakable more. Oh, yeah. Just have because... Have you seen the trailer for the, the sequel? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see it. Like, it's probably going to be... I was excited to see Anya Taylor-Joy in it. I didn't expect her yeah. to be in it, like, at all. That's great. But I'm glad she's going to be. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see Bruce Willis in it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, you can tell, like, I I mean, after watching Unbreakable and now rewatching Split, after having seen Unbreakable, I'm like, okay, he probably did all this shit to connect it with Unbreakable. Apparently I was reading that originally the Kevin, the character of Kevin was going to be introduced in the Unbreakable movie, uh, as someone for David Dunn to kind of like fight, um, Mm. And so he saved it and made it into a feature film by itself. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that he did that. I yeah, feel like that would have been too much in Unbreakable. Unbreakable is, like, perfect because it's such a, like, a simple plot line. Yeah. Like, he has one, like, altercation with a villain. Yeah. Or two, I guess, if you count Glass. Yeah. Um, did you think Split was scary? Yeah, for sure. I The end part was, like, really scary to me when he was, like, crawling on the walls. Yeah, that was That freaked me up. out. Did yeah, you think it was scary? Was... Um, I did, uh, like when the girls were first initially trying to get out, that was very stressful. Mm -hmm. Oh, the beginning scene when she, when the father of the one girl is, um, like, I guess struck by the, one of the Kevin people, uh, that was really upsetting. Um, and when Anya Taylor-Joy's character like tries to escape and he maces her, Yeah, I think it was mace, but um, yeah, that was so terrifying when you first see him, when she first turns to look at him, Uh, that's that's scary. That's like some real shit. Ladies and other people, be careful and lock your car doors when you get in a car. Yeah, I do that like every time. That's such a big takeaway for me from like my favorite murder is like be present when you're walking to the car and don't look Mm -hmm. at your phone. 
because I do that shit all the time. My mom would always tell me to carry my keys, like, in your knuckles. In a, yeah. <laughs> As I, I was, like, walking from the mall to my car, she'd always say that. Yeah. And just, like, be aware. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, an interesting point I read about this movie in the Vulture review of it um, was, so the setup of the film with the three girls who are picked off, two of them are picked off, and Casey remains kind of sets her up to be a final girl. Mm-hmm. But in the theory of the final girl, the, and I'm reading this from the Vulture review, which we'll link to, um, the final girl is the lone woman who survives the monster's onslaught and is available to vanquish him. In many cases, the final girl is so strong because she's sexually pure, although such films as I Spit on Your Grave and Miss 45 suggest that sexual violation will turn her into a, a predator more powerful than her violators. So it's like um, Split is a little along the latter lines as well, that mm-hmm. the final girl survives and kind of has like the wherewithal to survive, that her counterparts don't because Mm -hmm. she's experienced something um horrible before yeah Yeah, can we talk about the i so the vulture article kind of like threw me off because i feel like at one point the the person who wrote the vulture article Mm -hmm. was criticized split because of uh it's like portrayal of abuse and stuff which like yeah Agree 100%. But it was like, it said in it that it was like, some people might be mad at it because DID and it's portrayal of DID, but that's not important. It like literally said that. And oh, I was like, what yeah. about the people who have DID and are like super pissed about this movie? Because that is like existing. Yeah, so, that's true. I, I mean, like, it, it offends two groups of people. Yeah, I know. I was like, why are you going to do that? Like, yeah. Why can't you just, uh, like, acknowledge that that is also something that should be talked about, but that may not be what you're focusing on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That just kind of, like, irked me. Yeah, I clicked through the little link to read it again, and it's by David Edelstein, who is, I think, the head um, critic at Vulture for Movies, mm-hmm. and he has some real stinky opinions sometimes. Like, he had to apologize after his review of Wonder Woman. Well, it wasn't really an apology, because he basically just wrote the whole review, like, fetishizing Gal Gadot. Jeez. Gal Gadot. And it was really cringy and weird. And so people are always like, what the fuck is up with you, David Edelstein? That's so. not cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer, because Vulture's other critics are so good and, like, very diverse. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, so a piece of, I always check IMDb. I was trying to think of a good name to call this segment where we go on IMDb and look for funny stuff. Uh, I thought it could be like IMD, IMBD, like there's something there, you know, IMBD. Isn't it IMDb? IMDb. Yes. That's what I meant. Yes. <laughs> I am the best. I am. <laughs> you know, I, am I forget what I listened to. It might be the rewatchables or, uh huh. but they do this too, sort of. Oh, they do. Well, okay. but they call it half-assed internet research. Okay. And they, it's just like trivia. They don't do reviews. They just do like, do you know, like, yeah. Like did they, Bruce Willis was to... supposed to play whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do you ever listen to How Did This Get Made? Uh, no. Sometimes. It's pretty funny. Um, They always do, because they watch bad movies, they always do, like, glowing reviews of bad movies. (laughs) People are like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. And 
So why searching for on IMDb for um, different reviews of Split, I came across a lot of men who were like, James McAvoy should win an Oscar. This is an Oscar-worthy movie. And this one person who went on a really long tangent about how if La La Land is Oscar-worthy, then Split is, because he's like, La La Land sucked. How is La La Land <laughs> nominated for an Oscar? Split should be an Oscar-winning movie. And I'm like, why does... This guy got stuck watching La La Land and is very angry. <laughs> but my favorite thing I found on the IMBD page for... Split is this piece of trivia, and so if you don't know, I am BD is edited by the masses. It's like Wikipedia, where I think anyone can add shit to it. And someone put in the trivia section, Claire and Marsha, who are the two girls, uh, the two other girls, Claire and Marsha may have been able to get out of their rooms quicker if they had simply attempted to just kick the doors open with such a simple bolt. Like, oh, that's a, that's a really good piece of trivia about the movie. Yeah. That if the girls had fucking super powerful hind legs, they could have kicked the doors open and the movie would have been over. I know. I can't... Who wrote that? I know. It, like, how is it trivia? How it's just a dumb it? opinion. It's like, oh, she should have ran up... She should have ran out the front door. Did you know if... The dinosaurs on the island had been kept in their fences. People would have survived. Oh, thank you. That's great. Um, so what would you rate um, Split? Um, what did I rate A Quiet Place? Whatever I rated that. probably. I feel what, like a six or seven. Like, I'm going to go with six and a half. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go with a five. Okay. Um, it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad I saw it because it was like the highest grossing horror movie of the year it came out. Oh, well. Uh, people fucking loved it. Uh, I do have a soft spot for M. Night Shyamalan still. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, people keep waiting for him to come back really strong, though. And That's not going to happen. Know. He's going to be I uneven for the rest of his damn life. Yeah, it's so I true. believe Tim, that. Tim really liked his movie The Visit about the grandparents. Oh, really? I didn't see that. He loved it. He said it was better than... He said it was better than some crazy-ass... Thing the other day and I was like well okay <laughs> uh anything else we should do for this movie I don't think so maybe this stuff will come up when we talk about the Babadook um which we're talking about next Widely regarded to be one of the first films that kicked off her renewed critical interest in horror, 2014's The Babadook is a film about a terrifying manifestation of one mother's grief. Amelia Vanek is the widowed mother of a troubled young boy whose father died in a car crash while driving Amelia to the hospital to give birth. One day, Amelia and her son... One day, <laughs> one day, Amelia and her son Samuel receive a picture book about the Babadook, a ghoulish creature who soon begins to haunt their home. To overcome the Babadook's sinister grip on her family and herself, Amelia must confront her own demons. So, what do you think about the Babadook? I love. I haven't watched this movie. I think since two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was my first time rewatching it. When I initially watched it, I loved it a lot. Still really enjoyed it this time around. Um, didn't find it. I was very scared the first time watching it. And that effect was totally lost the second time. Hmm. What about you? So the first time I had the opposite reaction. <laughs> oh. So the first time I saw it, I kind of thought it was... I mean, I don't remember being scared. I probably was scared, but I just remember thinking it was kind of, like, vanilla. <laughs> okay. 
okay, yeah. I just wasn't that into it. Um, And maybe that was because the hype at the time. But rewatching it now, I love it so much. I was just, like, shocked by how much I changed the second viewing. And my opinion of it has really grown a lot. So, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think it's such a, it's such a good idea for a horror movie. And it is another horror movie that could have only been made by a woman. I think a woman's perspective or, Mm um, because it's just so different of an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, the movie basically follows the, this really stressed out single mom whose partner died, uh, getting her to the hospital and her son, Samuel, who is really like a nightmare kid at times. Mm-hmm. I think he, it was such a good casting because he's yeah. both really cute and like such a fucking pain in the ass. You know, he looks like um, a younger version of Theon from yes, Game of Thrones. Allen. Yeah. You're right. He does. Mm-hmm. He like a really good casting because at times like in the in the second half of the film when he's like in mortal danger mm-hmm. i was really like oh that poor little sweet yeah. boy but in the first half of the movie i'm like shut that kid the fuck up i like, know i would want to leave him outside too i know um, it's good it's good it makes you feel like the exasperation that she feels but also like the like love that she feels <laughs> it was yeah. very good it was really good um he's a great actor and so was the mom and it's kind of just their movie uh Mm -hmm. no one else is really that important in it Mm -hmm. i like that she has kind of a half-baked romantic plot line (laughs) not really with that guy from work Mm -hmm. and watching it i was like oh it's always so stressful in movies when there's like a guy character hitting on the female protagonist and you're like it's just not the right time yeah (laughs) also she's just not into it if you look at her like husband who died He's like he's a hot. fucking hottie. Yeah, he's really a musician, hot. a hot musician, and this like he's like uh, n- a normal guy, a normal guy, <laughs> like hitting on her when she's today. like at her wits end. Yeah, it's, it's so like, true. Not um, not today. <laughs> what do you think of the Babadook itself, the monster? Um, you. I mean, you don't really see it, do you? Uh, I mean, it's scary. I you see it the most in the book, right? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. You don't really ever see its, like, face, I think. Except for, like, yeah. in the shadow of a window or something. Yeah. I think, like, um... I mean, like, we'll talk about this more, but, like, the real monster is her. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Or, like, her, her like, trauma and yeah. depression. Yeah. I think so that's like scarier the, the to me. really scary, yeah, the really scary thing about the movie is a mom not acting like a mother. Like yeah. a mom being like, I have no interest in caring for this child and yeah. I will be violent towards it. Yeah. It made me think of how when I was a kid, the Willy Wonka movie, the original, mm-hmm. used to freak me out mm-hmm. because the thought of an adult not caring about the well-being of children mm-hmm. was so terrifying to me. Yeah. Like when Willy Wonka lets the, the German boy get sucked down the river yep. and he doesn't care, I was like, what the fuck? That's wrong. <laughs> You're an adult. Yeah. So that's why this movie is scary. It's because mm-hmm. like the mom at a certain point just stops being a mom. Yeah, for sure. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, it's funny that do you know about the Babadook as a queer icon? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, are we going to touch upon that? And I was like... We should. we should. But that's as much as we have to. <laughs> yeah. Queer icon, the Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I, watching it this time around, so the, the ending of the movie, am I skipping ahead too much? 
around. Well, it's fine. We'll we'll talk about everything we need to talk about. Okay. I thought that the ending, like, this time around really touched me. Because I was also like, oh, my God, the Babadook just wants love, too. Mm -hmm. He's just afraid as well. Yeah. um, I, thinking back on it, I was like... I couldn't remember if the Babadook was, like, real <laughs> or just – or if it really was all just about, like, her depression and, like, she was yeah. hallucinating, etc. But I do think it was real. I also do think, though, she completely, like, manifested it. And mm. I think she wrote the book and she kept putting it back together. Oh, okay. That's an interesting take. Because she's a children's author. She's oh, like yeah. That's a good point. A writer yeah, of children's right. books. So I'm definitely thinking she could be. I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point yeah. that she is. And no, no review I read said that. Also, no that's review I read talked about, like, post-traumatic depression or... That's so funny. Postpartum or, like, depression. Post- or... Yeah, wait. What did I say? Post-part- you said post-traumatic. Sorry. But, like, that's it's like both. the same. Like, she probably has both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant, though. Um, I also like it's it's really and like Jennifer Kent, the director of this movie. This is her first feature film. She talked about this a lot in like interviews I looked up about how um, it's really like taboo to depict motherhood in this way or like to do a realistic depiction of motherhood. And there's something the physicality of the performer who plays the mom, like when the kid is climbing on top of her and stuff, like you just feel like her revulsion at her own child. In a way that I, as someone who's not a mom, could be like, yep, yeah. <laughs> I could see why that would really suck. Yeah. Um, uh, an interesting thing I read that Jennifer Kent said on the main character, Amelia, was that she always, this is a quote, I always wanted to make this film from her perspective rather than a horror movie perspective. The horror really comes from her loss and her grief. In earlier drafts, she was so nice and pure and never did anything wrong. It really pissed me off. This wasn't really how a person in her situation would behave. The Amelia in the film lies. She's not a good mother, but that makes her human. For his part, Sam is an annoying, irritating little kid, but you would be too if you had a nebulous monster threatening you. And I I like that where she just basically was like... And I think that's a good point that in horror movies, I think if you want the audience to feel the base layer of sympathy with a character like wanting them to survive and being invested in their survival it does help to have them be likable mm-hmm. and so it is unusual for a horror movie to have a character a lead character who's not a blank slate who's like interesting and um complex in that way yeah yeah um and like a unique character for i mean she doesn't fit into one like stereotype of a whip with female characters, you know, like she, she definitely, she's like pretty and dowdy and, you know, like young and a mother and like, uh, yeah. And she masturbates. Yeah, she does. Which I feel like people were like, no one talked about that really. That's true too. But they should, because I mean, if you think about like a lot of people talked about it with the shape of water, you know? Yeah, but she no one really talked about it. Water? Oh wait, yes, I I was I just confused the shape of water with Lady in the Water in my mind. Um, you know, kind of similar, <laughs> no. kind of very similar. Um, um, yeah, that's true too. And and like she's a mom, so she's a sexual being still. Mm-hmm. I I also just I love the sound of the baba the baba. Yes, I, I think that's the scariest part. Is like the yeah. sound. Yeah. Even though sometimes it sounds like a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, she, like, she, like, 
Well, she roars herself. Yeah, I watched it with subtitles on because I was watching it late at night and didn't want, Ian's mom was visiting and I didn't want to wake her up. <laughs> so it literally said roars <laughs> every yeah. time she like screamed at the end. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that I love. Yeah, the sound design is really good. The Babadook's voice is like the scariest part. Yeah. I don't know. This one is a hard one too because I feel like the the theme is pretty like evident, you know? Yeah, I I think so too. I think don't keep that's in. why I didn't. That. Well, no, I that's why yeah. I didn't like it so much the first time. I was like, oh, we get it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the grief. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Watching it the second time, I was like, just really struck by how well they captured the feeling of like not being in control or not being like in your body really when Mm -hmm. you are like anxious or depressed it's like and I think I mean maybe I am realizing this more than like some other I'm seeing it differently than other people because um I notice like the book that that like I'm I'm looking at it like oh she wrote the book she's doing all these things herself and she's not realizing it um, maybe so maybe I'm seeing it a little differently than some other people but I just thought it was really like like I said really well done with how it like it's just like she was like at, literally out of her mind <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just thought that portrayal was like masterful yeah or I think that it's like when you are that. severely depressed like you're being controlled by something that you can't mm-hmm. help um or that yeah like you lose control kind of yeah. uh or that it's like that she becomes the host kind of of the Babadook as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well and I, what do you think of the ending? I was just going to ask she, you, yeah. like, do you think... When I first saw it, I think I thought it was kind of corny. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, watching it the second time, I can't think of a better way for it to end. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if she had... if Because the, the metaphor is um, so strong and apparent that if it had ended in a different way, like if she had killed the Babadook or whatever it would it just wouldn't make as much sense or feel as right I think if we compare it to Split I think that the way it depicted mental illness was a lot more or even trauma was a lot like healthier um if you think like she isn't being like it's something that she let consume her for a really long time and she but she wasn't like defined by it at the end Mm -hmm. it was something that she knew she had to like live with but that she was really in control of and i think in split like we said it's kind of something that does define you like your trauma and your like the abuse that you suffered almost defines you Mm -hmm. like that what else do we know about uh, Casey's character besides that she was abused like nothing we don't she, know like hunted as a child yeah, yeah we like it. we don't know anything um besides that and that at the end we're left feeling like that is what makes her special yeah it's so at, true she and, has nothing else yeah and literally that she should be grateful for it yeah it's kind of fucked it's um, very fucked but I think like like I said the Babadook does a way better job of that and I think I also liked the end where um, Samuel does the magic with the dove, and it's like yeah. literally magic. <laughs> like there's no other way. There, there's like no possible way he could have done that, right? Yeah, it's so sweet. He's a sweet little boy. Yeah, ultimately, it's very sad. Like the a part that I thought was so sad 
uh, she hasn't like fully been taken over by the Babadook yet, but she like is like you little piece of shit or something mm-hmm. like that to him, and he just runs away into his room and cries. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was reading that the director Jennifer Kent, um, they had to like stage a lot of the scenes when they were shooting them. The little boy actually wasn't there because oh. she's like, why would I want to ruin his childhood for my movie to be good? Yeah, you know, like little kids. Obviously, he's acting in a movie, but the extent to which he can understand that he's acting yeah. and he's like playing a role, and the mom isn't actually angry at him is very limited. Yeah. So they did a lot of like the mother would be yelling at you know the the camera, mm-hmm. and he would be elsewhere, oh, and then coming for his line. And wow, then, yeah, that makes. I was yeah. thinking about that too. I was like, damn, this kid like is a fucking trooper. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's comforting. I thought that was really sweet that she, she said that. Yeah. I hope um, more so, people do that in their, I hope that's like yeah. the standard. <laughs> I know that like kids can't see their R rated movies. They star in sometimes, yeah. but I hope that they're getting taken care of on yeah. set like that. Um, so not everyone enjoyed this movie. I found a lot of, uh, angry reviews on imdb from people who like multiple reviews of people um like being like is there a conspiracy theory about this movie like it's getting upvoted i don't understand it's so bad people must just be upvoting it this one guy said um the only reasonable explanation i have to why this movie rates so highly on imdb is that one of the producers or someone involved in marketing has paid a bunch of click farmers to click 10 out of 10 and write fake reviews for this movie he says, the pace is painfully slow, the characters are completely unlikable, the story makes no sense, and the ending is almost like the writers got bored and just decided to end the movie once they'd sucked up enough money from the Australian government in the form of artistic grants designed to prop up the rotting corpse that is the Australian film industry. I thought that was pretty funny because every horror movie I've seen out of Australia is, like, really good. Australia has, like, a really good horror movie scene. What Wasn't a uh, Housebound? Housebound... Now I can't think of any others. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, <laughs> I only know Housebound. I'm going to Google it really quickly. But I I like Australia and New Zealand have, like, pretty distinct, like, films coming out of them. And it's, um, it's also funny way. that there's, like, a government conspiracy to, like, prop up this one movie. Yeah, that would be uh, – I wish the United States had conspiracies <laughs> about female-directed horror movies getting lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a dream. Oh, man. <laughs> um – Oh, Saw is apparently Australian. That's I googled it, mm. um, and that's what popped up. The Snowden murder, the Snowtown murders are Australian, but I have not apparently seen that that's movie. Good. Uh, the re okay, I don't know a lot of these. Snowtown, Hounds of Love is supposed to be really good. Haven't watched that. Okay, maybe I should have thought about this more. That's no, okay. <laughs> we'll do a we'll do an Australian. Uh, yeah, a down under. <laughs> That was and bad. you could talk about that like sexy Australian book you read once, right? Oh yes, uh, the Thornbirds. It's very sexy. Yeah, with the I priest. bought it recently for like two dollars, hoping to reread it, but haven't gotten to it yet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I should read it. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so hot. Wow, a lot of really weird movies. Okay, I think that's a good wrap. We've talked for almost an hour. Yeah, for sure. This one was harder to talk about. These two. I think we did a good job. We did a good job, but it was like a little harder yeah i think each episode we get better and i think we're growing and yeah it's it's getting easier to like shape the conversation kind of you know yeah and i feel like i'm getting more confident usually it's really yeah. hard for me to talk like in You're general doing great ever you sound we both sound great yeah okay 
But yeah, thank you for listening. It would really help us out if you left us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. ChickFlix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson, who I heard is very cute. No, <laughs> no I'm not going to cut it out. Uh, many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to ChickFlix. Bye, Mackenzie. Bye, Bridget. <laughs>